Welcome to the sermon podcast for Canton Church. We gather every week in Canton, Georgia to worship and grow together through God's work. We exist because generations matter. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. Everybody doing all right? Hey. What's up, everybody? I'm assuming that's for you because they don't do that for me. Yeah, I'm assuming that's for you. Uh, Everybody doing good? All right. Hey, last night I had the chance to go uh, do something I'd never done before. Uh, I went to a Georgia football game. Um, Yep. Uh, We're we're not talking about Tennessee football today uh, because they broke my heart yesterday. Uh, I'm a Tennessee fan. I'm I'm sorry. You're going to have to leave. Yeah. You're going to have to go. (laughs) We're actually just going to pray God forgives you for what you're wearing. Georgia, she's wearing Florida. But uh, no, so I went to a Georgia football game. I took my son Branson. He's the only Georgia fan in our house. Uh, we're a house of Tennessee fans. Uh, we lived in Tennessee. My wife grew up in Knoxville. We've, we've been to ton, ton, tons of Tennessee games. And so a couple of years ago, Branson, our 10-year-old, came to me. He was like, Dad, he was like, uh, I was born in Georgia. I live in Georgia. My favorite color's red. Can I be a Georgia fan? And I was like, yeah, buddy, that's fine. I'll help you pack and move. It'll be fine. <laughs> but for Christmas this last year, he, uh, he asked for tickets to a Georgia game. And so, I, you know, I was like, all right, yeah. But I said, that's so far away. He's like, no, 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 I really want tickets. So we gave him, <laughs> parents, you, you understand where I'm coming from. We gave him a voucher to redeem for tickets this fall because <laughs> The schedule hadn't fully been released yet, and you know, we didn't have know where tickets were going to be. So uh, he was patient for nine months, and, and he redeemed his voucher for tickets to uh, yesterday's game. And so we went, and we did all the fun things there are to do in Athens, and it was great. We had a blast. But here's what I noticed, and, I, and I've had the chance to go to Athens and watch a game. I've been to Columbia, South Carolina to watch a game. Knoxville, I've been to Tuscaloosa, I've been to Auburn, I've been to Atlanta Falcons games and Braves games and tons of other sporting events. Here's what I noticed last night, and it's not just specific to Athens, but I did notice that, you know, there are some people that are kind of crazy at sporting events. And uh, I, I noticed that, you know, there are some people that are sold out to their team, right? Like just a second ago, I just referenced Georgia and some of you woo-hooed. Like nowhere else in life do you woo-hoo, right? That's never appropriate. Your boss is like, hey, you're getting a raise. You're like, woo-hoo! Like no, you never hear that unless it comes related to sports usually. But here's what I did notice. I did notice that there was a little bit of like bulldog worship going on yesterday. Um, And today we're not preaching against that. We're not preaching against sports. I love sports. But I did notice that people were like just, it was like almost like an awe and a reverence over the things that are part of like the history of Georgia football and and red and black and and dogs. And, you know, people had, you know, like painted their face and, and like branded themselves and all kinds of crazy things. So what I thought we would do today is take that idea of awe and reverence for something and translate it into our relationship with God. This idea that we are called to worship, maybe not called to worship some of the things that we do worship, myself included, but we are called to worship. And so what does that really look like for us? What is worship? How does it happen? And over the last couple weeks, or last week we started, and over the next week or two, what we're going to do is we're going to do this series called The Essentials, where we just look at what we do and why we do it. 
Um, when we gather together, last week we talked about preaching and we talked about reading the Bible personally. And so today we want to talk about worship. Pastor Nick is our worship pastor. He's been with us about a little over a year, 14, 15 months. He came to us last summer. Um, amazing talent, you know, not just, just he sings and he plays, but even beyond that, he has a heart for worship. And so I just thought it would be incredible for us just to have the opportunity to talk a little bit about why we worship. And to do so, we want to look at a psalm. So if you've got your Bible or you've got a device, I'd love for you to go with us to Psalm 95. Psalm 95. It's, it's not quite in the middle. It's a little more than halfway through uh, the psalms. But Psalm 95 is where we want to spend our time today. I'm just going to read the first seven verses, and then we'll use those verses together to, uh, just to unpack some truths that we've seen. This is what it says in Psalm 95, 1-7. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. And so out of these seven verses, what we wanted to do today was just talk about three thoughts on worship that we see coming out of these verses that we believe as we gather together in corporate worship experiences. And then beyond that, what you and I in our daily lives, Monday through Saturday, need to understand about worship. So three thoughts on worship today. What's the first one, Nick? So the first one that we can get when we look at the first two verses of Psalm 95, can you put those first two verses up for me one more time? Let's look. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. So the first thing we want to look at is that corporate worship requires you. Yeah. And that means we have to be present. And I don't just mean coming into this building and being here. I mean mentally and emotionally being in this place when you're here. And so how can we do that? It says in 1 Corinthians 12, we are the body of Christ. And so just like the body, we have to work together to strengthen the whole. And we have to come to this place and prepare and be expectant for God to do great things through what we do here. So those two things, preparation and expectation. Anytime you come here to worship, you got to be prepared and you have to be expectant. So let's focus in on expectation. So what is expectation? Expectation is something that can either be positive or negative. So let's say you're going to a friend's birthday party. Woohoo. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> oh, no? Okay, sorry. Sorry. But you don't really want to go to the friend's birthday party. Woohoo. <laughs> First of all, they're probably not actually your friend. And so <laughs> yeah. if you're feeling that way. Um, yeah. But second of all, if you don't want to go, you're probably telling yourself, you know, I'm probably not going to enjoy this. This is going to be really boring. They like lemon cake. Who <laughs> likes lemon cake? Yeah. Like, what in the world? Oh, my fiance raised her hand when I said that. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Note to <laughs> Nick. Yeah, note to self. <laughs> Somebody um, make a note of that. Then. So, but if you're going there and you're telling yourself that, if you're telling maybe your spouse or whoever you're with that, going into that place with those negative emotions, those negative thoughts, you're going to be waiting for that experience to turn itself around. You're going to be waiting for the things that you are expecting to happen. And it's the same thing when we come into this place. If you're coming on a Sunday morning and you saw that we posted the set list for worship 
online on Facebook or something, and you're like, oh man, they're doing, they're doing that song. I don't really, I'm not feeling it. I don't, I don't like that song. Man, I really hope that person isn't singing, whoever it might be. It might be me. I don't know. <laughs> but if you're coming into this place and you're talking to yourself and you're telling yourself, I'm not going to enjoy this. It's going to be boring. Whatever. That's what you're going to experience. Right. And I'm really bad. I'm honestly, I'm really bad about this because as a musician and as a worship leader, I'm so overly analytical of worship. Right. And I know that Matthew is the same way. Yeah. <laughs> like he can, like if you know kind of what you're doing and you're walking into a place, you, it's so easy to be like, okay, mm, I'm not so sure about that. Like they don't sound like your band. They don't play like your people. And it's really easy to walk into that place and tell yourself that you're not going to enjoy it. But I have to sometimes tell myself, you know, God, I'm coming into this place for you. It's not for me. That's right. I'm coming into this place expecting you to do great things in my life today. So I kind of got lost a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So let's look at Psalm 135. Do we have that one? Yeah. Yes. So it says, I will wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. Expectation is a hope that God will do great things. We have to be hopeful when we come into this place together. So you can either think that worship is going to be boring and you're not going to enjoy it and you don't like that song, or you can come in in and say, this is going to be awesome. God's going to do great things through me, through me and in me and in the people beside me as we worship together. <laughs> so the days when I feel like I'm forcing myself are the days that I didn't come expecting yeah. for God to do great things. So what should you be expecting? Some of you might not even know what to come into this place expecting. So let's look at a couple of things. First thing that can happen, you can expect freedom and joy. You can come to this place and say, God, set me free from these things that have, have bound me, these things that have kept me maybe distant from you, God, set me free. Give me joy in my soul. Give me just so much happiness in you. The second thing is you can expect healing or you can expect rest. So you can come into this place, maybe you've got a hurt knee or maybe it's something much worse than that or maybe it's just like you've got a sniffle and you can come into this place and say, God, I need your healing. God, give me rest today. And the last thing, we can look for direction and purpose. So I, I know that I found my purpose in a worship setting, mm-hmm. quite like we do on a Sunday morning. I know that I found my direction in life in many corporate worship settings like we do. God called me to be a worship leader. God called me to be a minister when I was in a worship setting like this. And all you have to do is come expectant for God to do these things. And I want to come to this place and be expectant for God to do great things. I hope that you do too. And you know, sometimes we have to force ourselves. Because when I've decided that I'm not going to be all there, I won't be. Yeah. And worship requires you. We need you in this place, not just physically. We need you mentally there. And God deserves to have you lift your voice alongside other believers. Because corporate worship is why we're gathered here. And if God was content with having us do everything on our own, we wouldn't even gather here together. That's right. So we come into this house with expectations that he will do great things through our interactive worship together. That's good.
So, Jeremy, what's the second point that we Yeah, the second thing, if it just doesn't require you, it also, worship requires understanding. Worship requires understanding. Verses 3 through 5 from the psalm that we just read in Psalm 95 says this, in verses 3 through 5, says, For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In His hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to Him. The sea is His, for He made it, and His hands formed the dry land. And so, it's not just about you. Because if you come and you think worship is about you, then you can fall into the trap of thinking, well, I don't like this. I'm not really sure what this is going to be like. I don't like this song. I'm not in a good mood. The person beside me is not singing very good, or they're singing too loud, or you know, they shouldn't make that joyful a noise. It's not a very good noise. Like, because it's about you. But if we understand who worship is actually for and what worship is actually about, it changes the entire experience for us. Worship is about understanding. These verses that we just read help us to understand that worship is about God. And it's not just about God. It's also helping us to understand who God is and what God is and how God interacts with each of us individually. Because it is a corporate experience. You know, God is the creator of the universe. I mean, what we just read right there is that the whole world rests in his hands. That the heights of the mountains are consumed in him. Like, that's a pretty big deal. And so the idea that he's that large, he's that great, he's that grand, and yet in other places in Scripture it says that he knows the very numbers of hairs on our head, that he knows us by name, that not only is he this great, grand, big God, and so we worship him in the grandeur of who he is, but he's also very personal, that he desires you personally to interact with him in worship and acknowledge who he is and how great he is and how grand he is, because really, that's why you and I were created. If you go back to the very beginning of humanity, you understand that humanity, man and woman, were created to worship God. God was desiring, God was looking for a created being that would worship him of their own free choice. Now, he has the angels, and what we understand about the, the places that we read in, about angels, both in the early parts of Scripture and the latter parts of Scripture, we understand that they play an important role in the heavens because they worship God and they sing holy, 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 and they declare his goodness and his greatness in the heavens. But God created you and I so that we could declare his greatness here on the earth. And not only do we get the opportunity to do that, we have the free choice to do that. It means that just like we talk about sometimes when we gather here, when I may say during a moment of prayer or leading us in a moment of worship, I may say, hey, you know, the most God-honoring thing that you may do, I think I said it last week, is to worship God even when you don't feel like it. You ever been there? Anybody ever done that? Like you just, you sing a song, there were three people. That's awesome. Thank you. Maybe, maybe three more on this side. And so six of us have worshiped God when we didn't feel like it. The rest of you are missing out on a great opportunity. No, what happens is... You come in to this moment, or maybe you're in your car, or maybe you're at home, or maybe you're, you're listening to the radio, or you're in a service or a setting where someone's leading in worship, or there's a song being played, or maybe a song is not even being played at all, but a song comes to your mind, something that we've sung in a corporate setting, or maybe something that you heard when you were younger, or something you, you remember as a child, or maybe as a teenager, as a young adult, or maybe some other time in your life you've heard this song, and it just, the, 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 the words pop into your head, and so you start to think, man, I... I remember that song. And instead of singing, you know, well, I don't feel that way right now. But it could be that the greatest act of worship you could take part in is worshiping God when you don't feel like it. Declaring truths about God that you aren't even sure are true in that moment for you and just saying, God, I'm, I'm hopeful that these things are true. 
I, I, I'm, my uncle uses a word, he, he makes a word, a verb that I'm not really sure can be made a verb, but I love it. He takes the word faith and he makes it faithing. It's this active pursuit of something that you just hope can be right. And so sometimes you just faith on, you know, you're just faithing through a moment because you're just not sure how it feels and what it feels like. And so you're just faithing and hoping and believing, God, help this to be true as I sing about your goodness, as I sing that you are enough for me when I'm not quite sure if you might be enough for me. And that's a part of the preparation that Pastor Nick just talked about. Maybe before you get out of your car, you say, God, I'm struggling today. It's been a rough day. It's been a rough week. You know, I'm in a rough season right now, and I, I just, man, I just don't know, but I'm here. And so, God, if I'm here, I'm going to make the most of this moment. I'm going to make the most of this day. And I know in a few minutes, there are going to be some people stand up and lead us in singing. And so, God, prepare my heart now. Help me to faith through this moment. Help me to faith through this worship set and, and give as an act of worship unto you the words that I may not even fully believe in my heart right now. And God, in this moment, would you consecrate this moment? Would you make it sacred and special for me so that I can believe it more after I sing it than I even do before I sing it? Because worship requires understanding. We have to know who God is and what God desires us to do. It is a matter of focus. You know, I, I've used this illustration before, but if you take your phone or you take some other device, you can zoom all the way in on something, and man, you can see it in intricate detail. But if you zoom way, way out, then you actually see kind of the full scope of what that is in relation to everything around it. And I remember as a child hearing people say in worship sets, magnify the Lord. And when I got old enough to understand what the word magnify meant, I thought, wait a minute, you can't make God bigger than he is, Right? But I think it's that zooming in and zooming out idea that if I'm zoomed in on God, he's magnified in my heart. If I'm focused in on who he truly is and how great he really is and how big he really is, then the problems that I'm facing, it doesn't make them any less real in my life, but it does take the focus off of them. I zoom out from them and zoom in on him and focus on who he is because worship requires understanding who God is and what God desires me. What's the third thing? If worship requires you and worship requires understanding, what's the third one? So the last thing is going to be worship requires response from us. Let's look at Psalm 95, those last two, six and seven. So it says, come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. So who here thinks they might know my job description? I know he does. Woohoo. Woohoo. <laughs> so here, who here thinks it's my job to sing on Sunday mornings? And you're not going to raise your hand because I just asked you that question so you know what the answer is going to be. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> my job is actually to get you to sing on Sunday morning. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, honestly, the more I think about it, and I've, I've, obviously preparing for this, I've thought about it a lot. I think one of the main reasons that I started doing this and enjoy it so much is not because I like to sing. It's because I like to hear everyone else sing. Yeah. So, and I, and I could do everything in my power to try to get you to sing, but at the end of the day, that's not my choice. It's not my choice that you sing. It's your choice to sing. And in full view of, of who God is, 
and what he's done for us and coming in expectant for those things, how, how could you keep from singing? That's my question. Yeah. So have you ever said, I love you to someone and they didn't say it back to you? <laughs> it hurts. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. I'm 24. I mean, I'm getting married in a couple months, but it's still fresh, you know, from back, like, just a couple of years ago. You know what I'm saying? It sucks. It stinks. You don't want to feel that, but that's what, well, that's what God is doing. He's in this place screaming, I love you. And he's waiting for you, you to respond. It's good. But so much more than that, he doesn't want you to just say it. Because when you say I love you back to someone, or you, have, you, or you have someone say I love you back to you, you don't want them just to say it. You want them to show you through their actions. Yeah. You want them to show you in the way that they treat you. You want them to hug you. You want them to hold your hand. You want, you want all these things from them. You don't want just the words. You want them backed up. And when we realize how much God loves us, for me, it's impossible not to be overwhelmed yeah. by that love. So let's look at Psalm 101 and 2. And let's, let's look at a way, let's look at a couple ways that we can show God how much we love him. It says, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. So the version that, that I first read says, lift up a joyful noise at the end of it. That's what he wants from us. He just wants us to lift up a joyful noise to him. And notice that it doesn't say lift up a beautiful noise or a pitch perfect noise or an enchanting noise. I don't know. Whatever, whatever adverb you want to put in there, notice it doesn't say any of those things. The only requirement is that it be joyful. Yeah. That's the only requirement for you to come into this place and sing. And honestly, honestly, I'll tell you, I'll give you a secret. My favorite thing to do is to stop singing and listen for those people who are singing hard abandoned at the top of their lungs and they might not be hitting all those notes, but man, they are showing God how much they love him. That's right. That's my favorite thing. And some of you might say, well, I don't always know the songs. The words are up here in the screen. I don't know if you noticed that we put the words up here so you can, so you can learn the songs with us. But even then, that's okay. If, you, if you're not catching on, that's fine. Just, just stand there and sing your own words to God. Say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you. Just sing to him. And, and just, I want to give you some insight on how we, kind of how we choose the songs. Um... I recognize that I'm literally putting words in your mouth yeah. when I choose the songs that I'm choosing. So I don't choose them very lightly. And I want you guys to notice that and understand that the words that I'm choosing are the words that I believe should be and I want them to be the deepest desires of your heart. And they should be biblical truths and they should be rooted in scripture and God-breathed, just like the Bible. They should be God-breathed. And sometimes if I miss it, Jeremy's going to tell me, hey, I don't think we should, I don't think that's the right song for us right now. Yeah. Or somebody will catch it. If Jeremy doesn't, Trevor might, Matthew might. Yeah. And Matthew might. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> and the second thing that we can do, let's look at Psalm 141 too. Super simple. 
May my prayer be set before you like incense, and may the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Lifting up your hands is the same thing as saying, God, I give up, and I can't do this on my own. I surrender myself. You're giving yourself away as an offering to God. And giving control over to God, even in this moment, in this one simple moment, is allowing him to inhabit your praises and move through you in that moment. And you don't have to, you don't have to do this. You can just do this. You can just do this. If you've ever seen the Tim Hawkins video where he, he does the different hand. If not, you need to, you need to YouTube it today if you, if you haven't. Touchdown. Whatever, whatever your style is, whatever your style is, give it over to God. That's right. Surrender. Because I think you know, we can't do this on our own. Yeah. We need to surrender everything that we have to God because he's the only one who can carry it on his back. Yeah, that's good. And so when you give control over God, give control over to God and allow him to inhabit your praises, you're also simultaneously allowing him to seep into every other part of your life. Yeah. In 1 Corinthians 10, 31, let's look at that. It says, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. You're doing it to the glory of something, whether you realize it or not. You're either doing it to the glory of yourself or your greed or your pride or you're give, giving it to the glory of your spouse or whatever it might be. Whatever you do, whether it be eating or drinking, whatever. Give it to the glory of God. Do it to the glory of God. So when you're eating that slice of pizza after church today, give it to the glory of God, you know? Chips and salsa. Right. I mean, whatever. Exactly. When you're drinking that Diet Coke or whatever, yeah. do it to the glory of God. I don't know if that sounds silly, but it's true. Yeah. Everything that we do, every action that we make, we need to do it to the glory of God. Because in many instances, there's somebody watching you. There's always going to be somebody watching you. Wait, some people are waiting for you to mess up. But if you're, if you're just doing everything you do to the glory of God, you'll never fail. Yeah. Because God is with you. So when you allow him to inhabit those praises, you're allowing him to inhabit every aspect of your life. Even when you eat and when you drink. So let's just give the glory to God. Instead, and surrender it all to him. Because if you're going to give the glory to something, might as well be God. Amen? Amen. So who here knows the Lord's Prayer? Should be everybody, I think. <laughs> it says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be there, your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Who here wants heaven on earth? I know I do. I know I do. And the thing about saying on earth as it is in heaven is that he's already here. He's in this place. He was here when Daryl and Matthew Bayer got here at 7.15 or whenever they got here this morning because they gathered together to meet with God. Because the Bible says where two or more are gathered, there he will be also. So as soon as they got here, boom, God was here. So with the knowledge of that, what do we do? If we really want him on earth as he is in heaven, then it's our responsibility to respond to the presence of God 
As Jeremy said in, in his last point, the angels are singing up in heaven. Right. And not only are they singing, they're flat out worshiping. There's probably some just sitting on their faces. They're dancing. They're playing instruments. They are giving it all to God in worship. And it's our responsibility when heaven meets earth to be like the angels. If we want heaven on earth, then response is inevitable. We must be the angels on heaven because that's what we were created to be. Mm-hmm. We were created to worship. Worship requires response. And so how can we keep from singing his praise in full view of God's glory, in full view of everything that he's done for us and we know that he will do for us and being expectant? How can we keep from surrendering, surrendering our entire lives to this creator of heaven and earth? How can we keep from worshiping him with everything that we have, every single chance that we get? You know, worship is something that I think we, we do every time that we gather. But just like we talked about last week with the preaching of God's word and then the personal study of God's word, worship is something that you personally participate in. And it doesn't matter if you're in a room like this and everybody else in the room is singing. I, I genuinely believe that God's waiting on you to sing. I, I genuinely believe that God's just waiting on you to open your mouth, even in a whisper, and just to say, Christ is enough for me. You know, Pastor Nick said earlier, you know, God, I worship you. God, I praise you. Maybe those are not the phrases. Maybe those are not the words that you've used before. Maybe you're not really sure how to even say those things or what to say. Sometimes when our, we're singing together, there comes a moment in the song and there are no words up on the screen or there's nobody singing or leading in a moment. And, you know, Pastor Nick or somebody that's leading in that moment might sing something or say something that's not on the screen. You're like, what, what are they doing? Am I lost? Am I, you know, you feel like you didn't study for a test or something and you're not really sure, like, if you missed a part. No, 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 that's just personal worship, personal response. I love what Pastor Nick said earlier. He said, you know, he takes very seriously the songs that he chooses and the words that we're going to sing because he understands that he's putting words in your mouth. And he, he said, you know, if I'm getting it wrong, somebody's going to correct me. And, and just a few weeks ago, that happened. Not correcting him, but I just said after, after we had sung a song once or twice in a, in a worship service, I just said, you know what, I don't, I don't think that feels like us. It's a great song. There's great songs all over the place. Like there's just hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of really good songs. But we had been singing a song once or twice already when we gathered together. And I just went to him and I said, hey, I, don't, I just don't feel like that's us. I don't feel like when we gather that that's a song that we need to sing. And, and he said, hey, absolutely. I get it. I, I kind of feel that too. After we've sung it once or twice, it doesn't feel like that's a song that fits with us and the worship experience that we're creating to just honor and glorify God because he takes seriously, we take seriously this moment because we recognize that what it is is it is about the corporate worship that really is a reflection of your personal worship. And it's either in response or maybe in anticipation of the worship that you will participate in on your own when you leave this place. You know, a couple months ago, it was my birthday and I got some cards from various people, family, friends, people in the church, people in the community. And I got some cards. This one has puppies on it. It says, from all of us, as you share in the fun and happiness of your special day, 
we're hoping this birthday is your best ever. And then they signed it. Well, here's the thing. All of the words that I just read to you were actually written by someone else. They were printed on this card by a company. The people that gave me this card, they didn't write those words. They just chose those words to reflect what they wanted me to know on my birthday. But they signed their name and they wrote a personal note just so that I would know that this is what they wanted to say this year on my birthday. I really think that's what worship is. Someone else has written the song. Someone else chose the lyrics. We're displaying those lyrics a lot of times. And so you get to read those lyrics back to God and say, God, somebody else wrote this maybe a couple of weeks ago or months ago or years ago. Somebody else wrote this. But you know what? This is the way I feel. You really are enough for me. And so right now in this moment, I'm going to write you a personal note and say, I praise you, God. I worship you, God. This is my words connecting to words that someone else wrote. But God, I'm signing my name. This is from Jeremy. This is my worship. This is my moment to say, God, I love you and I care about you and I believe that you're enough and I'm thankful you're enough. And so it's just a greeting card back to God to say, God, I'm taking words someone else wrote. I'm adding my own words and I'm signing my name to let you know that in this moment, I really do believe that you're enough. God, that I praise you, that I worship you, that I love you. God, I thank you. God, you are enough. Worship, it requires you. It requires understanding. And I believe that it requires a response. And so what we wanted to do today is we wanted to give you the opportunity to respond. Before we dismiss in a few minutes, there's still a couple more things we're going to do. We just wanted to take a moment here and just respond to God in worship. So the band's coming back. I want to ask you just to stand right where you're at. And maybe this is so uncomfortable for you because you just, again, you're not a good singer. You're not really comfortable with this. You're not really sure what you're supposed to do. We just want to give you a chance right here based on everything that you've seen and heard, everything that you've already experienced, and based on your previous life experience and what God has been and who God has been to you, just to allow this moment just to kind of be your greeting card back to God. Say, God, I'm going to take some words somebody else wrote and somebody else is even singing. I'm going to sing them too. If there comes a moment in the song where there's a little bit of a lull in the words, I'm just going to fill that space with my words. And before this thing's over, I'm just going to let God know that it's me. I'm signing it. It's... This is from me. This is the way I feel. So we're going to sing a couple of songs together before we come back to close our time. But I just want you to bow your head and close your eyes just right where you're for a moment. God, I pray for every person in this place. I said it earlier, but youngest to oldest and those who've been walking with you a while, maybe those that haven't been walking with you at all. I just use those phrases to kind of say we're all in this together. We're all included in this moment of worship and response. And so God, right now, would you allow us to personally participate because worship requires us individually? God, would you allow us to see you in the grandeur of who you are, but also in the personal, intimate way that you desire to be known because worship requires understanding? And God, now would you allow us to respond to you because worship does require response? To use the words someone else has written and fill it in with our own words and sign it with our name to let you know that we love you, we lift you up, we respond to you for who you are today. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Thank you again for listening. If you would like more information about today's message or about our church, we invite you to visit us at cantonchurch.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash cantonchurchga. 